0: You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number eight. Today, the founder of The Start Planner, Christy Dickerson, will share all of her favorite tips and tricks on how to master efficiency and create solutions for voids in the industry, all while experimenting along the way. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast with Jenna Kutcher, the live workshop-style business podcast for creative girl bosses. So you can train from the experts, how to dig in, do the work and tackle your goals along the way. Here's your host, photographer, educator, artist, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. This episode of the Gold Digger podcast is sponsored by HoneyBook. HoneyBook is the management software that I use to stay organized, manage invoices, get paid and give every client an elevated, unforgettable experience. Honeybook is offering 20% off exclusively for gold digger listeners. Just go to honeybook.com/slash gold digger to get started and get your life back today. Hey gold diggers! Welcome to this episode. And today I'm so excited to introduce you to my friend Christy Dickerson. Christy is the CEO of Start Planner, an incredible and inspiring motivational speaker and a productivity expert, which if anyone knows me, I am a huge fan of productivity. She is also the mama of three boys. Hello, Christy. Welcome. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. So Christy, if you would just start and tell everyone a little bit about yourself and what you do and how you got to where you are today.
1: Hmm. How to keep this short? Um, so, how did I get where I was today? My path is a little bit different in the fact that I got a finance degree, and my whole intent was to going into the corporate world. And to me, that was my idea of success. And it wasn't until I met this boy. Doesn't doesn't all stories start like Every that? Every
0: good story starts. <laughs> like that.
1: I met this boy and. After him asking me out for a year, I finally said yes, and we got engaged three weeks after our first date and got married three months later. That's amazing. That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So we got married, and I was working in banking, and three months after we got married, he actually had a brain hemorrhage. And long story short, he found out he had a rare blood clotting disorder and I had to end up leaving my corporate job to take care of him. He was having seizures and he couldn't drive and it was a long depressing year and point in my life. But in the middle of all this, we also found out I was expecting, which crazy and it wasn't planned, but I think it was a plan. It just wasn't our plan that we had in our mind and it led me to this point in my life that I really was. And I just wanted to figure out what could I do that makes me happy. I feel like I was just at a point in my life that I wasn't happy. And I really just wanted to, I didn't want to go back to the corporate world. I had a new baby and what I loved was photography. So instead of doing something that I didn't want to do every day, I seeked out something that I loved and that was photography. So in 2009, I started a wedding photography business and did weddings for six years. I started teaching after about three years of doing my photography business business because I had to figure out how to balance business and entrepreneurship. And I don't want to say I did it right because I failed and I <laughs> made a ton of mistakes, but I think that I was able to grow a business really quickly because of my finance and business background and it not being a normal thing in the photography industry. So basically I started teaching. I reached out to a graphic designer about this idea. I wanted to write the book. So I was then at this point, traveling, teaching, teaching people how to be efficient, how to be productive in the photography industry, mostly creative entrepreneurs, and reached out to my graphic designer and was like, I want to one day write this book called start balancing. And she was like, I love it. I want to one day create a planner. And she sent over like a screenshot. And I was like, you know what? A light bulb just went off. And I was like, what if we create a planner? I have tried them all and they're missing so many important aspects for business or for life. Like, What if we create a planner? And that is pretty much in a nutshell how Start Planner was born. We are only, I think, 18 months old. So we're still a really new company. But it has led me... I mean, I'm full-time Start Planner. There's, I think, seven different people on our team right now. Um, So that's my career path. It's definitely not anything that I had planned, but I feel like every different portion of my plan has led me to following doing something that I loved.
0: That's amazing. And... What I love is I very seldom meet people in the photography industry specifically that share such a heart for profitability and for business. And so I feel like when I met Christy, I was like, hallelujah, I am not the crazy one anymore Um, in a good way. Because a lot of times what we've learned, and I agree with you when it comes to teaching, is that so many creative people are incredible artists and they are so talented. Talented when it comes to that creativity side. But with the business side, they never knew where to begin or how to begin and how to create systems to create profitability in their business without working their entire lives around their business. And so I love the journey that you've taken to get to where you are today. So tell everyone a little bit more about the start planner. I am getting my first one and I'm so excited. Um, But as someone who I agree, I've tried pretty much every planner, kind of what is the premise or how did you come about this as a productivity expert?
1: The entire planner is organized and thoughtful and the content is all designed around productivity productivity. So I love what your um, podcast is called because our planner starts with goals. I feel like in order to know where you're going, in order to have a vision, you have to set that vision. You have to lay out what are my goals for 2017 what am I going to be doing this next year? What am I going to be doing this next month? And these goals that you set should carry over to daily task and monthly task. Those are those to-do lists, the things that we should be doing. And I say should, because a lot of times we say things out loud. I want to lose weight. I want to be you know make more money in the business. I want to do this. I want to travel here. But unless we actually put a plan in action, they're not going to happen. And a big difference between our planners and other planners that are out there is finance. <laughs> I mean, I'm a finance girl. That's where like that's the big difference. In order to make all these things happen, and I don't want to say it's it's a lot about money, but in order for you to take these travels and to do these things and make these intentional moments that you want to create with your family and your friends, you have to pay attention to your finances. And so that's a huge aspect of our planners, both personal and and we also have options for business finances. If you are someone that owns a business.
0: I love that. And, I think that a lot of entrepreneurs just get so clammy when it comes to talking finances. And I found in my business, I am the opposite of that because I think that you can have freedom from finances when you know your numbers and you know, honestly, like where you're standing and where you're going. And I've met so many people that are even afraid to like open up their checking account or look at what those numbers look like or understand their profit and loss each month to month. And so I really love that you're planning give people a space to be honest about where they're sitting financially, but also to really look at like, am I being profitable? Think about how much I'm working this month. Is my bank account reflecting that amount of work and time and care that I'm putting into my business? I think that is amazing. And I think it's such
1: a good point because you're exactly right. And so many people say, oh, I look at my numbers once a year. I mean, how many times do you hear that? All the time. And not only from a personal perspective, a lot of people just write checks every month. And from a business perspective, it is so important with both that you are very, like you said, you make a plan and you're very thoughtful and you know exactly where your numbers are coming from. Your money's going in, your money's going out so that you can look for areas to make more money, to have more freedom, to grow different things, to take different trips, to do all the different things that you want to do in life.
0: I love that. And for me, I can be entirely candid and say that I wasn't always like this. I used to be fearful of money. And I think a lot of it, too, stems from the psychology and the way that you were raised and maybe the financial situations that you grew up with. Um, but it's been so interesting this year. I finally hired a bookkeeper to balance my books every month so that I'm not just going into April or tax season and being like, okay, I guess this is how much I made and this is how much I spent. But every month I'm looking at those numbers and saying, okay, was this a normal month? Was this above average or below average or where are we headed? What's coming up in this season? And I'm sure too, being in the planning business, It is somewhat seasonal, and so you really have to be prepared going into things like the new year, right? Oh, girl,
1: yes. (laughs) I mean, cash flow, efficiency is... I mean, even in your industry, wedding photography industry, it's seasonal too. So I feel like it's something that I've dealt with if just... You know, when you deal with a service, it's a different thing. But when you're dealing with a product, you're typically paying for a product 90 days before you even receive them. So from a cash flow perspective, that has been something that I've really had to learn because I would do it month to month or looking at the quarter. You really have to map out a year in advance to know and to feel comfortable with where your marketing plan is, where you're heading and all those big business decisions that you have to make.
0: So what was the biggest challenge in launching this planner? I know that there are different planners out there that promise different things and I feel like it's something that people have been trying to crack the code on for a long time. What was like the biggest challenge when you were developing Start Planner and launching it and, you know, just kind of fueling that business as it was getting started?
1: Um, there was so many and there's still like, I joke saying entrepreneurship is solving one problem to the next. And Mm I joke about it, but it's honestly like, I feel like that's the truth and you have to be someone that's okay with that and embrace that. And I actually love that. I love that it's something new and different every day, but I feel like our biggest challenge when we started start planner was you like that pun, um, was cash my business partners in Portland. So that's another challenge. I'm in Atlanta. We're across the country, (laughs) but our biggest problem was, was cash. How do we start a business? I have a business. She has a business. How do we start this new business without dumping a ton of money into it? Mm -hmm. And we basically started this business by accepting pre-orders and by photoshopping. <laughs> <Love it. laughs> in a nutshell, we we photoshopped a planner of what we were gonna be launching, what we we're gonna be creating, and it wasn't even created yet. And those pre-orders was the cash flow that we needed to be able to order our product in the very, very beginning. And that is how we launched Start Planner. And I feel like there's so many people that want to start businesses, they get hung up on so many different points, like how do I do this? How do I do that? I feel like if entrepreneurs got hung up on those kind of things, like perseverance is so important because if you get hung up on those kind of things, entrepreneurship might not be for you. You've got to be really focused and you've got to be like, okay, what's this next problem? Let's figure it out. Let's find a solution. Let's put a solution in place. Let's go to the next right now. I feel like our biggest problem internally is we're growing so fast and how from a personnel standpoint, I feel like we're, we don't have enough people to do all the tasks that we need to get done. So right now we're in the hiring process looking for an operations manager. When you start a company, it was you know just me and Jenny doing all these different tasks. And Jenny was really good at marketing and graphic design. And I was good at photography and writing copy. But we had so many different gaps. But we didn't have the money to fill those gaps. We were those gaps. We filled all the different roles of a company. But as you grow and the demands become more and more we are now taking these tasks that we did and delegating them to people and outsourcing to people that are better at it than we are now that we have the cash to do that. And we feel like that's, that's what's going to take us to that next point in our business. So right now, our biggest challenge is onboarding new employees to fill different specific roles now that we're growing.
0: That's amazing. So two things I absolutely love about that is The first thing is that you accepted pre-orders. And I think a lot of times when we as entrepreneurs have a new idea... There are two different ways we can go. We can either go and say, everybody is going to love this. This is a perfect product. Or number two, I don't know if anyone needs this or anyone is going to actually buy this. And so pre-orders is brilliant because one, you can make sure that there is a place in that industry for you, that people are interested and needing a product that you can solve that problem. But like you said, it also gave you the funds to be able to bootstrap this and get it started without pouring and investing a ton of your personal finances into that. So I absolutely love that. And the second part is, is when you start a business, you are the business, like every role from marketing to the email, to branding, to copy, to photos, all of that is on you. And I think it's so important, especially in a situation Now where we're interviewing people that are a little further along in their business, but to say, and honestly say, you are an experienced business owner and you started back at the beginning when you had this idea and filled all those roles and now you are able to expand. And so I think it's funny because we can talk about teams now, but a lot of people are like, well, it's just me, myself and I, well, yeah, that's exactly how we were as well. (laughs) Yep. Yep. So it's all a process. And I, I love that. And as a seasoned business owner, as yourself, like you understood, hey, we got to take this stuff on until we can afford to expand in a really intentional way. So I love that.
1: It's the hustle, girl. You got to hustle. Uh, that's
0: right. So I know a lot of people struggle with productivity. And I get asked all the time, like, how do you work from home? How do you get stuff done? What does your day to day look like? Can you give our listeners some tips that are very tangible that they could take away today and say, this is going to help me just master productivity a little bit more, get a little bit more work done each day?
1: I can. I will start with saying, I know she mentioned this, but I'm a mom of three. So my time is very limited in the fact that I have to be structured. So I know this, what I'm about to say is going to be like, uh, I would never do that, Um, but (laughs) There comes a time in your life and you have kids, you might change your mind. I wake up at 5am every single day without question. And the reason I do this is because that is the only way I can do the things that I love and also still be the person that I want to be to my mom and to my kids and to my husband and be the friend that I need to be. And I realize that. And honestly, like I have, you know, everyone's like, "Oh, you're a morning person." I'm honestly, I don't feel like I'm a morning person. <laughs> when I wake up at five, I do not want to get up at five. But I feel like once I have started, you know, most four days a week, I go to the gym at five thirty. So once I am in that workout and I'm leaving at six ten, I love that I've already got up and got that done. I hate waking up at five o'clock. But so that's what I remind people that it's not a new thing that you have to learn, but I just feel like waking up early is so important to setting a good tone for your day, getting so much done. And if you're someone that have kids, it's almost you know, it's almost a necessity to do so that you can get ahead of the schedule. Another thing is exercising. I kind of said it in there, but I feel like it's so important for us to have breaks and taking care of ourselves. So exercising and fueling our bodies with the foods that we need. And that both takes a little bit of preparation and making sure we're time blocking for ourselves to exercise and making sure we have that food that we need. Three other things that I would mention that are all kind of on the same realms is knowing what your strengths and weaknesses are. And either, if you can't afford, if you don't have a team, so if you are at I, you know, your team is me, myself, and I, you can still choose to do other things. If you can't delegate tasks, so that would be number one. If you can't delegate it to someone else on your team, you can outsource it. And outsourcing it goes to you know you can outsource your editing you can outsource all these different things or you can automate tasks so you can also look at you know you talk about your bookkeeper does your books once a month is there systems that you could put in place so that everything automatically goes in so that your bookkeeper sees everything once a month and i talk about this from a business perspective you can also Outsource cleaning your house. You can outsource um, so many different things in your life just to give you more space and freedom to focus your time, energy, and efforts on things that you are the best at in your business and the intentional moments that you want to have at home the most.
0: I love that. And you know, what's so funny is today on my to-do list is to find a cleaning person And it's so funny because I have always been embarrassed about admitting that. Like, you feel like, oh, my gosh, who am I? I can totally clean the house. But Drew and I have looked at it and we're like, if we're spending four hours mopping and dusting and Windexing that we could be pouring into our business, if we can't legitimize spending that money there, then it might not be worth it. But for us, we can legitimize that. And so we've talked about it and we're like, if we just had somebody come over once a month and do all the deep cleaning stuff that we never seem to get to that never gets checked off of our list. How could that free us up more just even mentally um, yes. to perform better in our business? And so I absolutely love that. I am also exactly like you. I wake up at the same time every day, not 5 a.m., 7 a.m. And I work out every single day at 8, 15 a.m. And then I am done for the day with that. And we are also huge food prep fanatics. We love to prep on Sundays. We even make a lot of chicken and eggs and all that kind of stuff so that we have food ready to go so that I cannot eat mac and cheese every single day, even though I wish I could.
1: (laughs) Well, I just think too, like ongoing with that, if you prep all that stuff, you're not, I'm I'm like a total food person. So if I'm sitting here and I'm hungry, I'm constantly thinking, okay, what's for dinner? Mm Mm-hmm what am I going to eat for lunch? So I think just doing those preparation things and having a clean house gives you space to like think and think bigger and not be focusing on other things. Like what am I going to eat? Is it going to be mac and cheese? Is it going to be something else? Um, So I just feel like it is such a freeing process too, that if we do that, it allows us to get space to be more productive.
0: I have a really funny question for you. Go for it. Do you have a uniform? Like, do you have the same outfit that you wear over and over and over again because I know like people like Steve Jobs who are obviously incredible brilliant people they just would wear the same thing or same like style every day so that they never had to make that decision in the morning.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay so I guess we'll be honest here. 90% of my days I wear black pants yoga pants and then I do totally have I'm looking at Kara. I think I have wore this gray Lululemon sweater that I'm wearing today. I think I've wore it maybe 10 times in the last two weeks. Um, So I don't necessarily think I have a uniform, but I definitely am very classic. And during the work week when I'm not seeing people and I'm working just in the office, I don't go out of my way to you know, dress differently. But what I also enjoy, you know, when I'm going to meet lunch or friends or doing different things or at the conference, you know, at different conferences, I do love dressing up and, you know, adding my style and a flair. But most of the time, I don't think about it. I do just wear the same thing.
0: Me too. I'm the exact same way. I feel like too, I'll like come home from the gym and then just put on the same thing that I had on yesterday, which is some version of pajamas or something comfy. And I'm like, my husband probably thinks I never shower and or change clothes.
1: I totally <laughs> will go to the gym and workout clothes, come home, shower and put back on workout clothes.
0: <laughs> yes. Amen. I have yoga pants specifically for life and then like yoga pants specifically for working out. Okay. Well, I'm glad we cleared that up. So what would you say in terms of being an entrepreneur and being a mom and finding balance? What has been maybe one shift that you've made over the last few years that has really just freed you up to be in love with what you're doing?
1: I don't think it's one shift because I, I honestly, like I look back at all the different things that I've done over, gosh, almost 10 years of entrepreneurship and every different stage I was in love with. And I feel like I've really followed my heart and doing what I love. And I've never chose to do something as of because I had to do it. So it's like, I've, I feel very fortunate for that. But I also feel like that has fed into the business and it it feeds into the employees and it feeds because they see that. I'm inspired by what I do. And I feel like that's really contagious. But with that being said, like, I feel like one of the things that I've struggled with here lately is, you know, going to conferences, you know, Jenna and I were were just at a conference recently. And I realized that sometimes I get caught up in the hustle and being busy and just you get caught up in all the to-do list things. And I feel like it's really important to take these mental breaks from your life to remind you why you're hustling. And I feel like for me, going to conferences and meeting people and understanding who they are and just having conversations like this is like, what fuels me? Like it totally is what like fills me up. And I feel like it's important to understand you and to understand what fills you up. And although that you are doing this hustle, making sure you're making time for that. I don't even know if I, what was your question again? I don't well, that think was I
0: the shift in your business. And that's, okay. I mean, that's a great shift is just to be conscious and take breaks. And I run into this all the time and even this morning Drew like had a come to Jesus moment with me where he's like hey like tonight let's just like hang out no phones no computers because I struggle so much because I absolutely love what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And I'm never working because I have to be working. I'm working because I have ideas and things and I want to do it all. And I feel like I'm constantly one of those people that it's like, okay, once this is over, things will slow down. But then once things start to slow down, I fill it up again. And then I'm like, okay, once this is over, things will slow down. And it was such a good moment for me to like look at my husband and be like, you're right. Like I need to just like chill out for a night and not have my phone and not hear it buzzing or, you know, things like that. And balance is such an important thing to me. And sometimes if you don't have people giving you those reality checks, like it can just slip away from you so easily.
1: I completely agree. And we we joke here that, you know, we're always like, we'll do that during down season. (laughs) There is no, there is no down season. There's like no such thing. And I know we're a seasonal product, but there's no down season. There's no such thing. And I think that my biggest my biggest wake up call, because I'm i I'm like you, Jenna, like if I I love what I do and I honestly, I, I could be a workaholic mm-hmm. if I wanted to be just because, and I say it like it's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, I don't guess, but it is. It can be because I love what I do, but I feel like my biggest wake up call and my reminder every day is my kids. You know, it's just like August, I picked him up from school today. He's my four year old and he said something and he didn't say it like he normally says it. He said it like a big boy. And it like, didn't sound like a baby anymore. And I was like, can you say that again? (laughs) And he said it, he said it again. And I'm like, what happened? You know, it's just like, and I'm like, you know, part of me just like breaks inside. So I feel like I having kids, is such a huge blessing, but it's also a reminder that time is of the essence. And I think that all the different things and scares that we've had in our life in our past too, is, is that reminder as well, that. It's not all about work and you have to figure out that balance and you have to set boundaries. And we're actually moving our offices to a four day work week. Um, and that's something that, you know, we're in the middle of busy season and I'm like, I don't know how we're going to do it. We're going to figure it out. But I just feel like it's important that although it's our busy season, we're going into the holidays. I want you know, that Friday when my kids are still in school during the holidays to be able to go spend time with my husband. I want those Fridays to be able to go do Christmas shopping so that I'm not doing it on the weekend so I can spend time with my kids on the weekend. And I feel like I want that for my employees as well. So that's something that we're shifting to do. And I say this week, but we're actually going to shift it after Thanksgiving. We're going to put it into effect.
0: That's awesome.
1: And we probably need to cut that. I don't
0: know. No, that's fine. No, no that's I perfect. I just said Thanksgiving. And I... I love that because I found that when I have I mean it's like the joke that the 20 minutes before somebody comes over you get more cleaning done than like the eight hours you had before that they were coming you know like where you're like oh crap I gotta get going and I feel like too in business when I set more parameters or if I know like okay I'm gonna be gone next week so I need to get this stuff done. I am so much more productive and efficient because my time cannot be spent scrolling Instagram or having a Facebook window open in the million tabs that I have open on my computer. And so I feel like things like a four day work week, they have been proven that people are not just happier, but they're more efficient and they don't necessarily get less done with that lack of that day because they're more driven and motivated to get it done so that they can have that leisure and have those three days off. So that's amazing. So yeah, it's going to be interesting process, but I think that
1: we've done the math, we've done the numbers. We know that it can be done in those hours. So a friend of mine, he told me, Sean of Kiss Books, he said that they have a four day work week. And he recently told me that if employees work over the four days, so if they work on a Friday, he takes money from their paycheck. So they get a bonus and then he takes money from their paycheck. Oh, and I was like, gosh. what? And he, and I, and he, you know, he goes, and when I tell my employees this, they kind of look at me like, what, what are you talking about? He said, the reason being is I know that it can get done. And I know that they need to be spending this time at home with their families on Friday. So this is their motivation that they're going to get it done. And he's like, I've never had a problem. And I just thought that was kind of interesting. I loved it.
0: That's so interesting. That's so amazing. I mean, it seems contrary to anything you would hear, but I can totally understand how that would work. Yep. So with your employees and even just as you're speaking on stages and encouraging other people, what do you think entrepreneurs struggle with the most when it comes to productivity? Like what is that thing that we have not quite figured out yet that we're struggling with and it's causing us to not be as effective or efficient as we could be?
1: I think it's what we talked about earlier. It's thinking that we can do it all and not being efficient with our time. Because, you know, let's say photographer, for instance, I would advise someone wholeheartedly to outsource their images if they're not efficient at that, because that person that's editing those images will be a lot better than what I could even be at it, if that makes sense. And I feel like it carries over to all these different businesses, you know, the flower shop that is not good with time management or money. And she's spending, you know, half of every day on... You know, managing her books instead of, you know, focusing on marketing and doing what she loves is creating flowers. So if you are a business owner and you hate the business aspect, making sure you're looking for business coaches or someone that can help you and support you in those areas that you struggle with. And with that being said, I mean, you can just have an accountability partner, someone, a friend that you get together with on a once a month. Cause I feel like that's one of the biggest things too. Like we say we're going to do these things. We say we're going to implement these. We say we're going to be more efficient with our time but do we do it? And if only we're responsible for doing it, sometimes we let things slip. So having an accountability in place for business and in life and for all different aspects of your life, I feel like is so important.
0: I love that. And Actually, the episode before this one is me with my virtual assistant. And we're talking, we talked about how we hired her and how she's now a full time employee and what the process of outsourcing looked like. So I entirely agree. And I've actually spoken at workshops specifically about outsourcing. And I think it's one of the hardest topics to talk about because people understand it, but they don't take action. And so it's like, you can talk to them and explain all the reasons why their time is not best spent doing these certain things, but the action piece of it is they're letting those fears of it's going to take too long to train someone. It's going to not be done exactly right. It's not going to look as good as if I did it or I'm too attached to these images to let them go. And I had the biggest aha moment when I started outsourcing my images because I said, I am a photographer. I did not become a photographer to live my life behind a computer screen in Lightroom. Like I want to be the artist of the images, but if I'm doing it right in camera, who am I to say that somebody can't apply the same presets and do the same tweaks and probably do it faster and better than I can. And so I think it's that control thing. And it it is hard, you know, you know, starting a business is like a baby to us. And so letting go of those little things can be hard, but I feel like you can never grow if you don't start to loosen your grip a little bit. I mean, just
1: from Start Planner's perspective, I mean, we, we did it all. And one of the systems that we use is ShipStation. And we were bringing on Kara, one of our employees. I think she started in June and we were onboarding her and I'm I'm a control freak. And I don't know if you're this way, Jenna, but I am. So I am I, telling people to outsource. I'm telling people to de- <laughs> delegate. I'm telling people to automate, but I'm a control freak. And I... I had such a hard time giving up that control. But now here I am, you know, six months, seven months later. And I'm like, okay, can you show me how to do this now? Because she's come, I've given her full ring and she's excelled in those areas. And I'm no longer spending my time, energy, and effort on that thing. She owns that. And she's better at it than me now on doing the shipping and, and answering those emails. And we just you know, have systems in place so that we have a tone set for our emails and all those different things. But if I was still doing those things in my business that I was doing back in June and I didn't bring her on board, I can guarantee you our company would not be where it's at right now. Isn't that um, crazy?
0: And that's what we is. talk about, too, even from a financial standpoint. I said, I said, I've never spent so much money in my life, but I've also never profited so much because I now have the space and the time to focus where I am most profitable and most brilliant in my business. And those menial tasks are the things that I struggle with are the things that take me way too long. Like those I will pay for any day of the week. Now I am like, the outsourcing queen now, because I'm like, Oh Lord, I don't want to do that. Or I shouldn't be doing that. And so it's kind of funny how that shift can really change things for your business. It
1: can, it's, it's, it's liberating and it will show you how much you can grow and also how free
0: you feel. Yes. So how are you guys preparing for your busy season? What does it look like? What shifts have to happen in order to be and feel prepared going into a new year where a lot of people are out there buying their new calendars and planners? What does that look like for you guys?
1: Can I answer by saying, I don't know? (laughs)
0: we'll navigate it when we get there. (laughs) I mean, honestly, I
1: I say that joking, but I mean, honestly, we don't know. We ordered 500% more inventory than we did last year. So as far as our systems that we used last year is no longer going to work this year. We had one product last year. Now we have nine different products, all with accessories. So we're putting new systems in place and we've been able to like flush them out with all these people that are ordering early. We've been able to fine tune all of that. But as far as systems, we, I mean, we know how much it, how much time it takes to process a box, how to build a box, how to package the box, how to do all these different things. We know all these systems in place. That's just how to process and get them out the door. But from a marketing perspective, we know the number of planners we need to sell. We know our marketing budget, but by backing out the number, um, from our, you know, overall sales that we need to have we then allocate what we want to be to digital marketing and what we want to be to PR or paid advertising. And we go for it. I mean, that's literally like the method that we've used. And we just, like I say, you have to plan. And that's what we do is we plan. And will that plan likely change? Yes, it absolutely will. But we just have to make sure that we're constantly looking at that plan, reevaluating, see if there's any different opportunities and going with it.
0: I love that. So when it comes to the holidays and the busy season, especially going through kind of, I mean, this is like your first run through in a really, really big way. Are you super excited?
1: I'm excited. I mean, you know, I love this process of it. You know, Jenny, she jokes, she's like always, she's the more like... And it's good to have this balance. She's the more like, let's do it slow. Let's do it. And I'm like, no, let's go big. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. So these are the kind of like, this is what I like live for. I'm super excited. When you're excited about something and a product and you, you're part of, we have a group that we've started on Facebook and it just, it kind of exploded. And when people get so excited for us to send something in the mail, it gets you excited. I mean, so I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't know other than I'm excited. And I think that that's what you should be about your business is excited.
0: Amen. And one of the coolest things I think that I've seen that you guys are doing so well is, is it's really hard when you're selling a product to figure out how do we communicate that this is different? How do we communicate the features? How do we do all that? And one thing that I love about the way that you guys have put this together and thought through it very intentionally is you guys have videos that show exactly what's in the planner. They also brilliantly give your business a face, which is yours and I love, but it's really a smart way to differentiate your products. And I know for me, when I was picking out which one I wanted, I watched that video to see, okay, well, what features are going to serve me and my business best? And also, I mean, you have the opportunity to customize it too, which I think is great. But If you would have just had a bulleted list and a bunch of different products, I think it would be really hard to figure out, okay, well, why is this different? Which one do I need? And it could be overwhelming. And I think people could just click out of it if they felt overwhelmed. So I think that your solution to that problem was super... I mean, super well executed. You did a really great job on that. And for a lot of people that sell products, video can be such an easy and powerful way to explain things much better than having a ton of copy that can be overwhelming. So how did you guys come up with that? And like, what was it like to record it? Because I know I hate recording video.
1: (laughs) Well, I do hate recording video too. I hate, I hate being <laughs> in front of the camera. But I think that you, you said product. I think this isn't even applies to a service. I feel like video is just a really good... I just said that really Southern. Sorry. <laughs> video. <laughs> I liked it. Video is really a very powerful platform that can connect you to a product, a service, a person. And so that's why we chose that route. And we actually just shot a video for our happily hitched planner. So that is something that we are launching in 2017. And you know it's important to think about all the different aspects of it. So for instance, our happily hitched planner, we had it, we had five different brides involved. We have three that are given testimonials. We mapped out what our B-roll was going to be. What did we want people to feel? And we wanted people to feel like when they're watching this video, that they have this dream and they have met their Prince Charming and they want to feel peace and calming and organized with all the different goals for their wedding. And, and I feel like it's important that how you want your consumers to feel, you map that out and put that into the video. So that's, that is, you know, sometimes it's not even about what you say, it's about what they see and how they feel. And that's how you perceive a certain brand. So that's something that I feel like is so important that if you can incorporate, and if you have the budget to incorporate a video into your marketing, into a digital marketing plan, you should.
0: I agree. And you know what's funny is I think people assume that getting videos done is so expensive, but I have found that it's actually not all that expensive. And you can repurpose and reuse if you're very strategic with what you're shooting and how you're shooting it. We've gotten way more into video this year, and like you said, it gives your brand, a face and a voice. And it makes people feel something. And I feel like when people actually feel emotion, they're so much more apt to take action versus you're hedging your bets that they're going to read something or click on something or look at something. Video really stops people and makes them sit still and ingest what you're putting out there. So I, I loved the way that you guys did that. I thought it was so, so smart. And it really, as a consumer, just clarified what would serve me the best. And that's just going to make happier customers for you too. Agreed. Yep. Amen. Well, okay. Let's close this out. What kind of advice would you give to somebody that maybe has this new idea or this new business idea, and they're not exactly sure how to go after it as somebody who has recently done this and started fresh with a new idea and a new product? what kind of advice would you give?
1: I mean, I would go for it. No one is ever going to give you permission to follow a dream. I mean, I would go for it, but I would go for it with a plan. I don't want to say just, oh, just figure it out. But create a plan. Figure out how you're going to do it. What resources do you need? If you don't have them, how are you going to get them? Really just start digesting all of that. Like Do a book report. Like, Literally dive in. Figure out what am I selling? Who are my consumers? Start a business plan. Because I feel like that will define a lot for you. And it will also, like you said, you can do pre-orders. You can see if there's a market for what you're trying to sell or what you're trying to do. But I also feel like if you talk to any entrepreneur, no one is ever going to give you permission. And if you feel like something is right, do it. Like, Like, I feel like it's that simple. Like we're all designed to create something and to do something and to be someone. And if you feel a calling to be an entrepreneur and pursue something new, do
0: it. I love it. So, Christy, let's tell everyone about the amazing giveaway that we are doing, this freebie that we are including with this episode that Start Planner has created. It is an incredible content and social media planner, so it helps you outline exactly what you're posting. It's a printable PDF, and you can find that at golddiggerpodcast.com. Where can everybody find you on the web?
1: Um, You can find me on Instagram at Christy Dickerson. My website is Christy Dickerson.com. And of course, our start planners and everything organized at startplanner.com and on Instagram at startplanner.
0: Awesome. Well, I am wishing you nothing but success as we go into this new year. I am so excited to get my planner and to get mapping everything out and really to just be intentional each week and month and really say, what is my goals now? Not just once a year, but as we work through the year, because we all know things change really quick for us entrepreneurs. And so I'm really excited to have that and implement that in my business. And I'm just so thankful that you were live with me today on the podcast. Thanks for having me. This was so much fun. There you have it. Doesn't Christy just inspire you to be more productive and efficient? Don't forget to grab your free download of her social media calendar printable template. You can find that and many other free downloads in the show notes for this episode at golddiggerpodcast.com. Until next time, friends. Thanks for listening to GoldDigger. Dive into show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com.
1: Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. You gold-digging dream chaser, you.